Welcome to the Four Initiative Podcast, where we believe that in knowing God through Christ, we find our purpose. In Romans eleven thirty six, it says, For from Him, and through Him, and for Him are all things. When we align our lives to this truth, that we were created by Him, and through Him, and for Him, everything changes. See, your purpose and fulfillment is found in bringing glory to the one you were created for. We are in a series entitled Words to Live By. In this year of 2021, we are using each month to focus on a new word that teaches us the truth of Scripture and engages us in God's purpose for us. So we invite you, listen each week as we go to the Word of God together and allow it to impact our lives. We also encourage you, join with our Facebook group, Words to Live By. And this is a community of women learning and growing in their relationship with God and with each other. And so we're glad you're with us today. Let's jump into our Word of the Month. Welcome back to week three of Choosing to Live by the Word, Redeem. Today, we are going to hear about Zerubbabel's redemption story. Have you ever thought that your plans or ways were better than God's? Most of you would probably say no, but reality is you say yes to it more than you realize every time you choose to go your own way because you believe it is better than God's. Even though it is hard to admit, I struggle with that myself and often fall into the lie, deception, and faulty thinking that my way would be better. The nation of Israel fell into the trap of thinking their way was better. They thought that by having to obey all the commands and laws of God, he was withholding something good from them. But God always had their best interest in mind, and that was why he gave them those laws to live by, because he knew it would bring about their best life. Over and over, God's people turned away from him, believing their way was better, and because of that, God handed them over to the Babylonians to live in captivity for 70 years. They had constantly chose to worship false gods and lived in disobedience to God's commands. When King Jehoiakim was taken captive during the Babylonian invasion, they did not kill him. You find that in 2 Kings 24-25. through 25. They put Jehoiakim in prison for 37 years and then a new king of Babylon randomly let him go free. This was all part of God's redemptive plan for his people. Jehoiakim went on to have a son named Shealtiel, who then had a son named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel is a man I have never studied before, but when you get to the end of this devotional, you will see the important role that he played in the story of redemption through the Bible. Zerubbabel's family before him did not follow it in the ways of God, but God used Zerubbabel to break that cycle and show that he would not let the Davidic line go extinct. The prophet Haggai recorded this prophecy of how God would use Zerubbabel in Haggai 2, 21-23. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, 
son of Shealtiel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Haggai 2, 21-23 God specifically said he was going to make Zerubbabel his chosen servant. You read in Ezra 2, 1-2 of Zerubbabel leading God's people out of the Babylonian exile and back to Jerusalem. Now these are the people of the province who came up from the captivity of the exiles, whom Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken captive to Babylon. They returned to Jerusalem and Judah, each to their own town, in company with Zerubbabel, Joshua, Nehemiah, Sariah, Reliah, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mispar, Bigva, Rehum, and Banna. So once back in the promised land, there was much work to be done. Zerubbabel along with the priests started by rebuilding the altar of God in Ezra 3, 1-7. The work didn't stop with the altar. It continued on to the rebuilding of the temple led again by Zerubbabel in Ezra 3. In the second month of the second year after their arrival at the house of God in Jerusalem, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, Joshua, son of Josadak, and the rest of the people, the priests and the Levites, and all who had returned from the captivity to Jerusalem, began the work. They appointed Levites twenty years old and older to supervise the building of the house of the Lord. Joshua and his sons and brothers and Cadmiel and his sons, descendants of Hodaviah, and the sons of Henadad and their sons and brothers, all Levites joined together in supervising those working on the house of God. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets, and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of this temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. When the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building a temple for the Lord, the God of Israel, they came to Zerubbabel and to the heads of the families and said, Let us help you build, because like you, we seek your God and have been sacrificing to him since the time of, time of Esaharadon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. But Zerubbabel, Joshua, and the rest of the heads of the families of Israel answered, You have no part with us in building a temple to our God. We alone will build it for the Lord, the God of Israel, as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, commanded us. Then the peoples around them set out to discourage the people of Judah and make them afraid to go on building. They bribed officials to work against them and frustrate their plans during the entire reign of Cyrus, king of Persia, and down to the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Ezra 3, 8-4-5 The completion of the temple led the people to have a mix of emotions— 
There was great rejoicing, but also weeping as the older people remembered the former temple that had been destroyed. I imagine there was probably much regret and repentance happening in that moment as they thought back to how they had turned away from the Lord. In the Old Testament, the temple was where God would meet his people. As you look into the New Testament, you see that Jesus referred to his body as a temple. Just as the temple had been destroyed and then rebuilt, so the same would happen for Jesus' body. John 2, 19-22 says, Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. And they replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you are going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the words that Jesus had spoken. The destruction and rebuilding of the temple was another picture of what was to come. When the enemies of God's people heard that they were rebuilding the temple, they offered their hand. God gave much wisdom to Zerubbabel and the other leaders when they refused the help. They knew if they let these people join the work, more than likely they would steer God's people away from him again to worship to the worship of their false gods. Under his leadership, Zerubbabel helped God's people stay focused and return to God's commands and laws. The people needed to be reminded that God's ways were best and always for their good and for his glory. God was ready and waiting to redeem his people, and he used Zerubbabel to make it happen. This ordinary man, Zerubbabel, who didn't have the best family history, God used in the storyline of redemption. And you find his name written among the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew 1, 12-13. It reads, After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shiltiel, Shiltiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, and so on. Just like God redeemed and bought back his people Judah, God is ready and waiting to redeem you. He wants to buy you back from your slavery to sin. He provided the only way for you to be saved from your sin's punishment when he sent his son Jesus here to this earth to die as a sacrifice on the cross, giving his perfect blood for you. Hebrews 9:11 through 12 tell how Jesus obtained your redemption. But when Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. Hebrews 9, 11-12 The only way God's people in the Old Testament could be forgiven for their sin was to offer spotless lambs as a blood sacrifice on the altar inside the temple. This was what Jesus did for you with his own body. Jesus bought your redemption. He's just waiting for you to come to him and humbly ask for it. If you have already been redeemed by Jesus, find encouragement from his words of truth in Romans 6. 
Romans 6, 6 6-13 say, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe we will also live with him, for we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master because you are not under the law, but under grace. Romans 6, 6 6-13 Remember, His ways are better than yours, and He always has your best interest in mind. Don't let yourself be mastered by sin's temptations. Let Jesus be your master and redeemer. Think about this as we end. What current sin struggle do you need Jesus to redeem you from? Are you letting it master you? Do you believe God's ways are best? And are you willing to live in obedience to his word? Father God, thank you that you chose to use a man like Zerubbabel, who most of us have probably never heard of, yet you used him and the storyline of redemption throughout the Bible to bring about Jesus Christ, our Messiah, our Redeemer. God, thank you that you can use any of us. You can redeem our past, our current struggles to bring you the most glory. And God, I ask that this week we would always remember that your ways are best. We would let you be our Redeemer and our Master, God. To bring you the most glory, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to the Four Initiative Podcast. We hope that you have been encouraged today to know Jesus and find your purpose in living for Him. If you'd like to go deeper with our study, you can connect with us at our Facebook group, Words to Live By. We encourage you even to send us a message and check out some more resources at www.fourinitiative.com.